is up, ladies and gentlemen, you dorks and you mother flowers. This is the seventh installment of the throwback. Once again, here on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash heel Steven. I want to thank all of you once again for tuning in once again for a new week on another edition of the throwback. As you can tell by now, this is me. This is Steve. And I'm here joined by the good brother all the way in Detroit, the one, the only, Big Mike from Big Mike's Wrestling Recap Show. Big Mike, what's the word, bro? How you been? Nothing, man. Just, you know, kind of babysitting my dog. We got a neuter a day ago. Oh, that's crazy. I have no kids, yeah. man. No kids. Yeah. Taking, the, taking yeah. his freedom away. His choice. It's his right. <laughs> you had to happen. I, I guess. I mean, I'm not a dog owner. So I really want to know, if you will. I got friends that own dogs, and again, I guess it's like a, it's a choice, I think, right? It's a matter of choice. What do you want to do with your dog, almost, if you will? Well, yeah, but you know, sometimes you know they said that you know they can get cancer later down the line. That's, I guess so. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, again, I wouldn't know. I'm not a dog owner. I feel like crap right now, dude. I went to the park today to work out. And keep this in mind, it's getting hot over here in Jersey. I don't know how the heat is being in Detroit right now. I don't know how it's going on over there right now. But it feels like, a, not 100 degrees, it feels like there's just humidity, if you will, right? So let's say it's 80 degrees, but there's humidity. So it makes it feel yeah. like it's 90 degrees almost. I don't know what's going on in Detroit. Is it kind of like that right now, over there in Detroit? Um. Um, we had a bad storm yesterday. It was almost like a uh, small little tropical storm. It was humid. A lot of power got knocked out around in my area, but it's been, yeah, hot, humid. This is the first day of cool breeze within the peak of the day. So what I usually do is I go work out. On my days off, I work out. I go to the park, right? Um, I go to a park that's like in a different town because the park by my in my town is always crowded so yeah i go to the different park where the perimeter where people walk is is like longer if you will right so for the run it's even better right but what i usually do because i'm a big guy right yes i'm trying to get back into fighting shape in case you're wondering yes i'm trying to lose weight if you will nothing wrong with that right no, so, no, not at all. You know, I'm trying to say I'm trying to improve my cardio, my sex game, if you will. I'm saying, but anyway, <laughs> uh, Steve Miocho, I'm coming for you, bro. I'm coming. Just kidding. So what I usually do is I put on three layers of shirts, right? But thick ones, if you will, right? I put on a plastic, right? The little body suit, if you will. Oh, right? a sauna suit. Yeah, but, but I cut, but I cut the sleeves off. I cut the sleeves off and shit. And I put it on that oh. put on a that put on a hoodie. And then I put on my some like thick shorts, the body, the body, the bottom part of the bodysuit, but I cut it as shorts almost, right? Yeah. And then I put on regular shorts underneath that. So you can imagine with that and me running and walking and running and walking, I'm cooking inside. Yeah. If you will, right? And again, just walking and running, running and walking, if you will. It's crazy. I do like two laps of three. And it's just today, like, I don't know what it is. I just felt like that's it. 
I just felt like my body just told me, just come on, bro. Let's go home. Ever, oh, had yeah, Ever had that happen to you? Like you're working out, whatever. And it's like, out of nowhere, your body just tells you, you know what? Just time to go home. Give it a rest. Yeah. Yeah, I've had that happen to me once while I was uh, playing baseball. And then I'll do some sit-ups, if you will. Kind of, if you get what I'm saying. I have the little, I have like the yoga mat. I have oh, the yoga no. mat. Keep this in mind, right? Keep this in mind. I'm sure just like in Detroit, here in Jersey, right? They close all the gyms. Yep. Now, granted, there's some gyms here in the area that are not obeying the governor's orders. They want to open because fuck it, they need to and shit, and they're losing money. I get that. Thankfully, here in Jersey, we are entering phase two this coming Monday. Phase number two of reopening the state. So basically, here in Jersey, what that means is we're reopening the malls, right? They're reopening outdoor dining. For those of you that want to eat outside, like there's restaurants, if you will, that provide dining outside on a hot summer day, right? To show off, whatever, right? Um, bars will be open to outdoor bars, if you will, right? Um, the salons, the barbershops, spas will open on the 22nd. Apparently, also, they extended how many people you can have on an outdoor gathering. So it went from like 20 people to 50. Now it's 100 people you can have on an outdoor gathering. 100 people. And for an indoor gathering, is 50. Granted, that's for like religious purposes, churches, you know, synagogue, mosque, if you will, right? So we're getting there. And it's amazing, again, here in Jersey, right? New Jersey had the highest death rates, right? When this whole thing started, right? Where we had the highest death rate, the highest amount of people going out of the hospitals, right? But yet, we're yeah. kicking everyone's ass in the recovery mode. Like, what's going on in Detroit, dude? I know this is a wrestling podcast. We're going to get into the wrestling, okay? We'll calm down, people. We're going to get into the invasion 20, 2001. Relax. We will. But, Mike, what's, what's going on in Detroit, dude, right now with this whole well, pandemic and all that fun stuff? Well, I think we, I don't even think we're even hitting phase two. I think we're still in phase one because we were pretty high up there, too, in, uh, in deaths and cases. So, um, but today they was, uh, they did a march from, um, uh, I believe, uh, City Hall to Hart Plaza, which is roughly, um, like, I want to say a mile and a half, two mile, uh, walk. Um, and for the, for the protests. So that was probably a lot of people. And um, I, I'm not sure what's opening. I haven't been keeping tabs, though, but I'm pretty sure stuff will be opening quicker. So what's open as we speak right now in Detroit, like, if you will? What have they reopened? Because over, over here, the stay-at-home order got lifted, basically. Yeah, our stay-at-home order got lifted, too, on the 8th. Um, but I think, like, some stores are open, like... Like, you know, sporting goods stores and some, some, um, like apparel stores, like JCPenney's, like the, you know, solo yeah. you know, branches of those. I feel you. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. 
my plan is this though and again the mall's open monday i do want to go to the mall i know i shouldn't go oh my god be careful steve i get that but i just gotta get out of the house i haven't been to the mall since fucking the winter time almost <laughs> i feel like january i've been in the mall i just gotta get back out there if you will um other than that a lot of reasons why they're reopening a lot of shit now here in jersey more than anything because they caught the governor phil murphy with his foot in his mouth and i'll explain it so basically um again here in jersey we've been hearing this whole stay at home again i don't know how's in detroit right but the new slogan here in jersey stay home stay home stay home right practice social distancing put on your mask don't congregate right Right. This is coming from the governor. But yet, here he is protesting, marching with the people and all that stuff. And again, that's fine. You know what I mean? But if you're telling us to stay home and do this, but yet you're doing that, you know what I mean? Then you might as well just lift up some of these rules. You know what I mean? So fuck it. That's what's happening now. Also, the state fair here in Jersey at the Meadowlands has been postponed until July. So I look forward to that mm. too. I turned 30, dude. By the way, I turned 30 in about fucking, uh, what's today's date? As we're recording this right now, it's the 11th. I turned 30 on the 27th. So we're talking about 16 more dates. I turned the big 3 out then. I am not ready for this shit. I am not. My plan was to go to Las Vegas. That was my plan. Prior well, yeah, Vegas is open like, like crazy now. I know Everything's it is, but I, I'm, not taking, I'm not taking the chance, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. My yeah. plan was to go to Vegas. I had the whole thing, me and a couple friends, we had the whole thing planned out. The Mirage, right? Oh. Yeah, because, bro, I've been, there th- I've been there three times, right? I've been there three times. I've been there at 10. I've been there at 13. And granted, when you're young, granted, it's not fun because you can't go to the casinos, but every hotel had an arcade. So when I was 10 and 13, I was just playing, air, playing fucking basketball. You know that one with the fucking, with the hoop and it moved back and shit, right? Yeah, yeah. That, I was doing that. I was playing Air Hawk. I was taking name back in the day, right? At 24, I went back to Vegas for New Year's with a couple of friends from high school. My brother hooked it up. So he hooked it up with the morale. We had the fucking view. Everything was fucking amazing. So for my 30th birthday, we're, we're going to do the same thing, Right? At the Mirage, had the whole thing planned out, everything, and then COVID took over. Like, fuck. And then my friends were like, oh, but Steve, you can go, we can go to AC, Atlantic City. Nah, bruh. Listen, anyone. That ain't the same. (laughs) It's not the same. Listen, I've been to AC numerous times. I love Atlantic City. Okay? Don't give me the fuck wrong. I love it. But I've been there so many times. It's Vegas or nothing. Honorable mention for me would have been Disney World, dude. My honorable mention. Yeah. But that is indeed, guys, around the point, if you will. Mike, this week, um, we're going to talk about Invasion 2001. Oh, yep. boy, Mike. Invasion. And again, we, th- we, we thought about this on the spot literally last week. Um, as we were literally re- recording last week's episode of In Your House, right? Um, so Invasion 2001 took place on July 22nd. 2001 from the Gund Arena, Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio, which is no longer named that, by the way, Mike. Did you know that the new nope. the Gund Arena now is called Rocket the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse? Yep. I thought this whole time it was called the 
Uh, the Quicken Loans. Quicken Loan. Yeah. yeah. Quicken Loans turned into Rocket Mortgage. There you go. Home of the Cleveland Cavaliers. At one time, they were a force to be reckoned with, if you will, in the NBA. But that is no longer a thing of that's no longer a thing of today, if you will, right? Um, LeBron. Anyway, um, this was the show where it was WWF at the time versus the alliance of WCW and ECW. This was the time when, again, WCW went out of business, so did ECW around the time, right? And WWE bought both companies, right? Shane McMahon and Storyline bought WCW on March 23rd, right? On that episode of Nitro from Panama City, from my bad, on, on March 26th, right? On that episode of March 26th, right? I believe so. Yeah. Right after, uh, it was after WrestleMania, wasn't it? It was before, before, WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Before, before WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yes, before yeah, WrestleMania, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince on, on Raw talking to people on night, and then Shane shows up at Panama City. Saying, yeah, the name on the contract does say McMahon, but it's Shane McMahon. And here's the right, thing about right. it, okay? When I was a kid, again, I was 11 years old when this show took place. I was 11. Okay, I was innocent, if you will. I was an innocent wrestling fan. Like everyone else, I'm assuming at 11 years old watching wrestling, right? I thought this was this was like legit, like yes, oh my god, WCW is invading WWF, WCW and ECW that matter, right? Because they became the alliance, right? We're taking right. over. I thought this was crazy. I thought Shane literally bought WCW. This was crazy. Now, granted, I thought everything about them was crazy, insane, awesome, right? As I get as I got older, right now that I'm almost thirty, and I rewatched the show and remember what happened and all that stuff, right? This right. show honestly comes off like a solid show, solid to decent. Yeah, would you agree, Mike? Uh, yeah. Um, I know a lot of people crap on this show for obvious reasons. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was solid. I think a lot of people crap on it because they know in the long run what happens. Yes. It was basically the burial of WCW and the alliance, if you will, right? And, again, as a kid, I appreciated WCW. I really, really did as a kid, right? And Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy crap, Mike. Big breaking news as I'm um, recording this. As we're recording this right now, apparently Paul Heyman was fired as the head of the Raw creative team. I've been new that. Did you really? And I, I just find this out right now, bro. Amazing. Yeah, yeah I've been new that. <laughs> well, hopefully, that didn't last long, but that's beside the point. That's, that's around the point. Okay. Yeah, they gave it to Pritchard. Yeah, well, something to wrestle with, right? Doop, doop, doop. Um, well, you know. Anyway. <laughs> and you say, yeah, a lot of people crap on the show for the reasons of what they are right oh my god you know when you think of an invasion right wcw right more than any more wcw than ecw right you think yeah. of oh my god wcw gonna come strapped with their with their talent with, with their stars right the varsity squad if you will the nwo kevin nash hogan scott hall goldberg scott steiner rick flair um the list goes on right buff bagwell and so on and so forth, right? You can think of the guys that were from WCW at that time, right? 
Um, but instead, you didn't get that. A lot of those talents were locked into contracts from Time Warner. They were getting paid to stay home, getting guaranteed money. Right. So if for them, it was like, all right, fuck it. Why are we going to do this? We're getting paid to stay home. So instead, you got the JV squad of WCW. That consists of Booker T, uh, fucking uh, Chuck Palumbo, Sean Stasiak, Canyon, Diamond Dallas Page, if you will. The list goes on. Hugh Morris, Billy Kidman, Chavo Guerrero. Again, great talent, if you will. Great talent in their own right. But when you think of WCW, that wasn't it. That was not it. Right. And and ECW's part, granted, you know, a lot of them went to WWE, and they, again, you know, boom, let's just put them in there and shit. Right. Put them in there. Mike, how old were you when this show came? How old were you? I was, uh, it was after my sixth birthday. It was two weeks after my sixth birthday. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Was this your first time watching this show, by the way? Uh, third, third time. Okay, third time. So for me, this is my my first time in so many years, dude. Really? I remember when I was a kid, I would always go to my friend's house, Roberto, because he had the black box, if you will, right? Oh, okay. The yeah. black box. For those of you who don't know, is what got you every single channel for free back in the nineties. The fucking uh, back in the nineties, early two thousands, if you will, right? So we had all the he had all the pay per views for free, right? Um, so we go to his house and watch pay per views, right? And I remember again, this I thought this was fucking holy shit, WCW, right? This is crazy, right? Again, you just never thought this would happen, right? Right, and again, they made a concept out of it, the inaugural brawl, WWF versus. The best that WWC, WCW, and ECW had to offer. And for a lot of people, this wasn't it. For a lot of folks, this was not it. But before we move on with this card and talk about this show, we want to let you guys know that next week, we are going to be going back into the realm of WCW. And again, we did say with the throwback, we're going to talk about the good shows and the bad shows. And this for next week's show, we decided to talk about a bad pay-per-view. Yeah, a bad one. So next week, we'll be reviewing New Blood Rising. <laughs> God help us all. I believe that was the final WCW pay-per-view, was it? I believe so. I believe so. If I'm wrong, I am wrong. Let me just figure out here the final WCW pay-per-view. Hopefully this was it. I hope. No, it was greed. Greed was the final oh, one. Great. Greed. Greed. I'm pretty it. sure that was terrible too. That was terrible. But again, we're gonna go with New Blood Rising. God help us all. God help us all. Okay. <laughs> the fate of the throwback is in the hands of New Blood Rising. Holy <laughs> shit. Anyway, Mike, uh, let's get into the show. Let's get into this. Okay. Um, we have about eleven matches on this card. Granted. There was a kickoff match on Sunday Night Heat between Chavo Guerrero from the Alliance versus Scotty Too High from WWF. 
Uh, Chavo Guerrero got the win over Scotty Tuhati at 6 minutes and 43 seconds. I didn't watch that match. I don't remember it. I was a kid. But there was that. And they counted that as the scoreboard. Because throughout the show, you had Paul Heyman, Shane Stephanie, again, celebrating the wins, if you will, and the losses, and vice versa with Vince, if you will, right? So they were they were like racking up the scores here, if you will, throughout the right. show, throughout the entire show. Um, it reminded me a lot of WCW Stark 97 remember? It was WCW versus the NWO and the fate of WCW and Nitro and all that shit, if you will. On commentary, you had Jim Ross and Michael Cole. What I would have done, honestly, going thinking about it now, I would have added, again, if you could, because why the fuck not, guys from WCW to the show as commentators, if you will. Maybe a Scott Hudson. Maybe a Tony Schiavone. Granted, I don't think Tony would have came to the WWE. He never, oh, he did back in the 90s, in the early, eight, late 80s, early 90s, but still. I would have added those two guys, if you will. Yeah. Or, or Iron Mike Tanay. What the fuck was Iron Mike Tanay for the shit? I'm just saying. Anyway, we kick off the show with a good video package hyping up the show, right? Mike, your thoughts on the video package hyping up the show, bro? Your thoughts on it? Uh, I always loved old WWF and early 2000. Well, early WWE, which is 2002. But um, I love those early 2000, mid 2000 video packages they were done so well um got you hyped for everything every feud every pay-per-view it was just it's just a great thing that they used to do and this one was just what i was looking for you know just a great opener how about going to war yeah old school days i thought it was pretty badass yes absolutely so i i even like the set the stage set for it was fucking amazing. You had the Alliance guys come out from one section and the WWE guys come from the other side. I thought that was awesome. It had yeah, that... Um, and what were you going to say, Mike? Those tubes, those like silver tubes things are in WWE 2K. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. You can create an arena with those. So it had like that early TNA to what you saw in Impact in the, in the early 2000s, if you will, when they were doing the Impact Zone. And I guess even now with AEW, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's like that. So there was that. I thought, again, back then when WWE would have stage sets for their paper, which I honestly wish they would do. I think all of us do, right? All of us wish they would do that. So there's yeah, that. Yeah, go back to doing. <laughs> yes. Once they go back to arenas and stuff like that. So we kick things off with Edge and Christian from the WWF versus Lance Storm and Mike Awesome from the Alliance. This match went about 10 minutes and 10 seconds. I thought, honestly, dude, this was a very good way to kick off the show with tag team action, right? Edge came off literally coming out of winning the King of the Ring in this whole thing. Uh, Mike Awesome, to my, to my recollection, was the first guy from the Alliance to win a WWE championship, but that would be in the hardcore title at Madison Square Garden. Right. <laughs> and for a lot of ECW guys, a lot of a lot of the diehard ECW fans did not like Mike Awesome, if you will, for what he did and all that stuff, going to WCW and threatening to take the, the ECW title and all that shit, right? Hell, remember uh, One Night Stand 2005? Yeah. They were booing the shit out of him. 
And again, yeah. I thought this match over, even Lance Storm. And again, I like how throughout the night, when all the Alliance guys came out, you had Jim Ross talking about their accolades in their respect, in that respective company they were in, right? So you had, you had Mike Austin, they referenced, oh, he's a former ECW champion. Lance Storm was a former U.S. champion. I think also Cruiserweight champion in WCW. So they mentioned all yeah. that. So that was pretty cool. You gave me even the even the, even for the people that didn't know who they were. Come on, I believe right. a lot of the W like the diehard WWF fans did not know at that time who these guys were. A lot of them, for that matter. So he gave you okay, uh, that's awesome, I guess, right? And again, I thought this was a very good back and forth match. Good tag team wrestling, right? Um, there's a moment in the match where Christian goes for a dive and he trips on the top rope. Like, yeah, that was bad. Like, ugh, bruh. That was insane. But, again, just this back and forth. Like, and again, Edge, back then, was performing the greatest matches ever of all time and shit, right? <laughs> um, again, send it to paper, so I had to just throw that line out there, right? Um, but, Mike, your thoughts on this match overall? Your thoughts? Uh, match was decent. Good start. Um... Probably one of my favorite parts of the match is when Mike Awesome did that big splash off the top, I believe, onto Christian, I believe, right? Yes, I believe so, yes. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite things about this match. But outside of that, it's, it was your regular tag team match, you know? Indeed it was. And at the end of the whole thing, um, Edge, um, Christian performed a spear, right, on all, to Awesome, which Edge landed on top of Awesome and pinned for the victory. So there was that. And again, at the time, too, they're planting the seeds for Edge and Christian feud, which we've seen later on in the year at that time. Right. So again, everything about this was good, in my, in my humble opinion. I was, happy about, I was happy with this. I really, really was. Um, from there, again, they made this whole big deal. Oh, the, this invasion is real, right? Everyone's at war, including the referees, Mike. Including oh my God. the referees. You had, I forgot this match took place. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Earl Hebner versus Nick Patrick. Again, back in the day, they would have a video package for every single match. And you know what? Even this one. Even this had a video package. Hilarious. Hilarious as it was. Yeah, Mick Foley as a special guest referee. <laughs> because why the fuck not? It's funny because... Nick Patrick comes out with two referees from WCW. Um, Lil Nate and some other guy. Yeah. Earl Hebner. <laughs> bless his heart. Comes out with <laughs> Tim White, Mike Kyoto, uh, Teddy Long. A whole brigade of referees. It's like a fucking mismatch. At ringside. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, granted, with this match... The shits, yes, it was. It was the bleeding shits. It, re but again, I get it. Everyone was at war, even the referees. For that matter, why we didn't have the ring announcers going at it too? The commentators. I'm just saying. Can you imagine they would have had Jim Ross and and Michael Cole versus Iron Mike Tenay and Tony Schiavone? Uh, that yeah, or that, or uh, the people that they could use. It could be. Uh, Jim Ross, Michael Cole versus Paul Heyman and Shane. I guess, but still. 
um, this match went about two, uh, literally under three minutes. Um, there was a little back and forth, right? They had to make it last for as much as they can. Eventually, Earl Hebner got the win. Earl got the win. At the end of this whole thing, Mick Foley does the man of a claw on Nick Patrick. And there was that. Yeah. So up to this point, it was two to one. WWF, two to one. Because for them, they were counting the kickoff as part of the whole thing. And that was with Travel beat Sky Too High. So it was two to one at this point. Two to one. Backstage, you saw Vince McMahon try to motivate everyone from Team WWF. Yeah. Which I thought was entertaining for what it was worth. Um, you even had Deborah and Sarah. Talk about two XYs of wrestlers and shit. Um, <laughs> think about it. Think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ex-wives, yeah, the ex-wives, if you will, right now and today and shit. Talking about again what their husbands are gonna, what their husbands back then were gonna do to the Alliance guys, and especially DDP. Because they talked about how DDP, I guess, on an episode of SmackDown, tried to kidnap Sarah. Yeah, my bad, my bad, Deborah, Deborah, Deborah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, same thing too. And and Steve Austin went for the save, and again, I I, I enjoyed the build up to to this to this match. I enjoyed it to the inaugural brawl. That build up, where you had all the WWF guys brawling with the, with the Alliance guys and Steve Austin trying to fight everybody and beating up everyone literally. Reminded me of Dragon Ball Z, Goku beating up, not bad, Bardock trying to beat everyone until he finally got to Frieza and he, and he fucking lost. Yeah. So there was that. Um, we then had the APA of Brad Sean Farouk versus Chuck Palumbo and Sean So basically in this match, you had the WWF Tag Team Champions and Brad Sean Farouk, the APA, Versus the WCW tag team champions in this one. Um, I thought overall, for as far as a match, it was basically a burial of the WCW tag team champions by the, w, by the WWF tag team champions. Let, yeah. me, let me repeat myself. This was basically a burial of the WCW tag team wrestlers, basically, right? For the tag team champions. By the WWF tag team champions. And again, the build up to this basically, hey, O'Hare and Palumbo came in, they invaded, uh, they attacked Jeff Hardy on SmackDown. I remember Sean O'Hare doing a Swanton bomb, right? And there's an episode of SmackDown where they were surrounded, that being O'Hare and Palumbo, they got their ass handed to and shit. I don't know if you recall yeah. that or not, Mike. Uh, no. Um, but again, this was the third match on the show. Um, the match began with the APA performing a double spine buster to Palumbo. Bradshaw had an advantage over Palumbo. Then O'Hare, um, after Farouk tagged in, O'Hare countered a belly-to-back suplex attempt and performed a knee lift. Palumbo then tagged in, and Farouk performed a flying shoulder block. Brashaw then tagged in, but from the fla- a fallway fla- slam to Palumbo, O'Hare kicked Brashaw in the head and performed a widow maker. Palumbo tagged in, and Bradshaw fought with the DD, fought back with the DDT after Farouk tagged in. O'Hare uh, pulled him out of the ring and sent him to the ring steps. They dominated Farouk until Farouk fought back with the spine buster. Bradshaw and Palumbo tagged in, and Bradshaw performed the big boot in a power slam. 
Bradshaw attended a follow-up slam with O'Hare, uh, and performed a, and O'Hare performed the super kick and dropped Bradshaw out of the turnbuckle after Farouk sent O'Hare outside. Palumbo performed a super kick to Farouk and Bradshaw pinned Palumbo after pinning performing the clothesline from hell. This is basically your tag team one on one here. But at the same time, it just comes off like, okay, it's the WWF guy just burying the WCW tag team champions. If you will. Right. That's what it came off as to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mike, your thoughts on this match? Your thoughts? Yeah, um, match was all right. Um, I felt the same way. Um, I loved APA back then, but, you know, that's you pretty much nailed the, the whole yes. conception of this match. Yeah, excuse me. I'm taking a little sip of my beverage here. I, I mixed two, two Gatorades, by the way. I mixed Gatorade... Um, Glacier Freeze and the White Cherry Gator. I mixed them together with ice. I'm so coming up. I'm coming up with shit. Holy crap, bro! I'm coming up with things, bro. But I should be a bartender. I'm just kidding. No, I should not be. I should not be a bartender. Um, so that was that. Again, you know, to me, this was again a way to. Oh crap! Look, the WWF guys are beating the Alliance guys. This is crazy. This is insane. Mm. Right? right, and you see backstage, you know Stephanie Shane and and Paul Hammond, they're getting mad. They're playing movie third guys too, right? To which from there we get the battle of the cruiserweights. We had Billy Kidman, who was the WCW cruiserweight champion, versus X Pac, who was at the time not the WWE cruiserweight champion, but he was the WWF for WWE light heavyweight champion. And right. what I remember from this match is X-Pac's theme song. Yeah, that terrible X-Factor song. Yeah, you rolling with the X-Factor. That's that. To me as a kid, I, I thought it was a good theme song as a kid. You liked everything, huh? <laughs> but as I got older, it was like, damn, this shit's terrible. As I got older, this was terrible. Um, it's funny because at the time, X-Pac was a heel. X, you, you, you would hear the X-Pac sucks chance x-pac heat if you will right the x-pac yeah this heat. was knee deep in x-pac heat huh yes and it's like here he and, and again they both were getting booed they both in the eyes of the audience they both sucked granted i thought this match was okay to be honest doesn't go crazy here doesn't go insane or lose your shit out of here right if you ask me um the match started literally back and forth. Till Kidman performed a Hurricane Rana and an Insigiri. X-Pac fought back after sending Kidman over the top rope and performed a springboard reverse crossbody onto the outside. Back in the ring, X-Pac applied a sleeper hold. Kidman escaped and applied a sleep escaped the sleeper hold, but X-Pac countered with a belly-to-belly back suplex. X-Pac went X-Pac went to the top rope and performed a somersault leg drop, but Kidman avoided it. Kidman performed the BK bomb, which I always loved, by the way. I was, when I was a kid, that was, that was fucking amazing. And mounted punches with X-Pac countered with a power bomb. X-Pac attempted another power bomb, but Kidman reversed it into a sit-out place buster. X-Pac then countered with an aerial attack with an X-Factor. As he attempted a Bronco Buster, Kidman lifted his legs, performing a low blow. Kidman then pinned X-Pac after a shooting star press. So the Alliance got their first win on the card, on the main card, right? 
So things were shaking up here. Billy Kidman beats X Pac. Your thoughts on the match, Mike? Uh, match was decent. Um, I like Billy Kidman a lot. Um, you know, I, I guess you know you have both of the you know cruiserweight uh, wrestlers go up against each other, but again, you know, this is like a this remind me of like a second Survivor Series. You think so? Yeah, because you had that big brawl at the end, and then you had them, you know, tallying wins from different brands and stuff like that. And then it was like, uh, this reminds me of like Survivor Series today. <laughs> yes, it kind of, it kind of really does. Yes, it kind of really does. <laughs> but again, back with Billy Kidman, I was a fan of back then. Back when he was skinny. Holy shit, you see him today? Yeah, no. yeah. He looks like me. Looks like us. Holy crap! What the fuck happened, dude? He had a rap theme song. It all, it all. That was fucking badass. But that's beside the point, though. Um, from there we go to, uh, the we go to Raven versus the Commissioner William Regal. Yes, everyone was fighting on the show, even William Regal and Raven, in a singles match that went about six minutes and thirty-four seconds. Um, this match honestly was there. I I liked Raven. I really, really did. Um, I was surprised that again. Yeah, I totally forgot he was part of this whole thing. I literally did. After watching this show again, I'm like, holy shit! I forgot he was. I forgot he was still at WWF at the time. I literally forgot it. No cap. Um, this match honestly, what it was for was so Taz can come out. And T-Bone Stuplex Regal. That's all this was for. A run-in. And Raven hit the... Hit, after all this, right? Hit the um, the Raven Effect DDT. And pinned William Regal for the 1-2-3. Don't get me wrong. Regal had some moments here, if you will. If you will. But again, this was all set up for Taz to come out. And just get hit William Regal, basically. And help Raven get the win. Mike, your thoughts? Uh, didn't care for this match. I thought this was a dud. Basically. A fake fucking dud. But Raven got the win. That's all that really mattered. Well, fun, fun little fact. Like, a couple years, like, back in 2010, I had longer hair than what I have now. Right? I had a yeah. whole full set of long hair. I tried to do the Raven box braids for Halloween. Never worked out. <laughs> never worked out, bro. It never worked out, dude. Literally, I had the leather jacket. I had the fucking jean shorts, right? I had Gore-Tec boots. I was going to pull this shit off. And it's like, nah, bro, fuck this. Fuck it. Uh, from there, we go to a match that I thought was even a bigger dud. We go to a six-man tag. We have Big Show, Billy Gunn, and Albert from the WWF versus Chris Canyon, Sean Stasiak, and Hugh Morris. Holy crap, Mike. What the fuck, dude? This, this should have been on, a, uh, on the... Dark match. And like I mentioned before, though, this was WCW JV squad. But it was. Yeah. But this whole alliance thing from the WCW portion. My bad. The one Billy Gun. The one Billy Gun. Let me correct myself here, Mike. It, um, the match started with Canyon attacking Gun in the corner. Gun performed an electric chair drop, but Stasiak hit a cheap shot. And Canyon performed a Russian leg sweep followed by 
a forward Russian leg sweep. Stasiak tagged in and Gunn performed a neck breaker slam after Albert tagged in Canyon and, Mor- and Morris, aka Bill DeMont, in case you guys are wondering here, um, entered the ring, but Gunn and the big show uh, threw them out. And Albert performed a bicycle kick and a baldo bomb to Stasiak. Morris and Canyon attacked Albert. And Morris performed a DDT. Um, Morris tagged in, and Albert performed a power slam before tagging in Gun. Gun performed a famous sir to Morris and attempted the one and only. It was basically, it was basically apparently a fucking brainbuster. The one and only. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, Stasiak attacked him from behind, performing an inverted DDT, and Morris pinned him for the victory. After the match, Big Show choke slam. Uh, Morris and Stasiak and an alley oop to Canyon. So even though they lost, you still had them get the the last laugh, if you will, right? So again, you see that the Alliance were getting finally some wins, right? So the score, I guess, was tied up here almost, if you will. Yeah. And you see again, you just see Vince in the back, like you back to all getting a little nervous. Oh my God, what's going on? You see the Alliance celebrating; they're getting some wins back. Holy shit! But there was that. Again, to me, this was basically WCW's JV squad. This should have been on the kickoff show, but hey, you know, at the time, it looked like they were trying to push the one Billy Gun, and it went yeah. nowhere. And it went nowhere. Apparently, I don't know if you heard this or not, Mike, but apparently WWE is blocking Billy Gunn for using the name Billy Gunn in AEW. <laughs> so he got to go to Kip James? No, he, he's now Billy. Just Billy. Oh, just Billy? So what they do is, is because again, his son is with AEW as well. Austin Gunn. So when they come out... Does he even have a match? I think on Dark. Is he even any good? Uh, he's okay. He did wrestle in Ring of Honor, if I remember correctly. Um, again, it, it, he's there, honestly. He's not really my cup of tea. But what they do is they call him Billy and Austin Gunn. So just like Cody, right? When Cody comes out with Brandy, it's Cody and Brandy Rhodes. Yeah. So they finally, they, oh, they're, they're finding loopholes to this shit. They are, so there's that. Anyway. Anyway, let's move on. We got the seventh match between Taz from ECW and Tajiri from WWF. Now, before this match, William Regal told Tajiri to do this, not just for him, but for Vince McMahon and the WWF to go out there and just win. Right? Yeah. Uh, Taz, again, this match, for what it was, okay, two former ECW guys that have had matches before. This was nothing. This was nothing even close to what they did in ECW, by no means at all. This was your solid match that you would have seen, honestly, back then on Sunday Night Heat. In my humble opinion. Yep. Okay? The match started with Tajiri performing a spinning heel kick and a standing moonsault. Taz fought back with head with a head and arm suplex. Tajiri escaped the suplex attempt and performs kicks and punches. Taz fought back with a clothesline after Taz applied a cross arm bar and performed a flapjack spine buster. Tajiri fought back with a handspring back elbow, which I always thought was amazing when he did that shit. The little front flip and then the fucking hit the, hit the fucking top, hit the rope and then springboard to the back elbow. That was awesome back in the day when I was a kid. Holy shit, cool for him. 
right? Um, Taz then pulled Tajiri off the, off the apron and sent him to the ring steps. Back in the ring, Taz applied the Tajiri applied the tarantula and drop kicked Taz, who was kneeling. Uh, ten, Taz then blocked a kick and performed a capture suplex. He then shoved the referee out of the way, allowing Tajiri to spit the green mist in Taz's face and pin him with the buzzsaw kick. Again, for me, it was okay for what it was worth. This could have easily been on a Sunday Night Heat or an opening of Monday Night Raw. Mike, your yep. thoughts? Uh, agree with you. Um, didn't really care for the match. I thought it was terrible. Um, I like both guys, though, so it's unfortunate <laughs> that I'm feeling this way. But, uh, yeah, just that's what I feel about it. Yes. There you go with that. But that was that. Again, the green mist. I always marked out for the green mist when I was a kid. So there was Same. that too. Um, but yeah, nothing special here. Again, Taz here wasn't the same Taz that we saw back in the day. This was like an overweight Taz. Yeah. It was fucking overweight. From there, we get to what I thought was the match of the night back when I was a kid. Yes, when I, when I was a kid, I thought this was the match of the night. Rob Van Dam from ECW versus Jeff Hardy um, for the uh, hardcore. I, I would champion. agree with you. I would agree with you for the hardcore title. Now, before the match even took place, Matt Hardy was trying to motivate Jeff to be serious, to be focused here. Then allowed RVD backstage to attack Matt Hardy with a steel chair, and we get to the match. And again, I thought this match for what it was worth, but I was a kid, was fucking amazing. Even now as an adult, damn, these two guys went out, they tore the house down. Yep. They literally did. Um, The match started back with, again, back and forth with quick pace. Uh, Hardy gained the advantage after a drop kick to the back. After Hardy missed a crossbody, RVD performed a standing moonsault, a lifting double underhook face buster and a rolling thunder right rvd then climbed the turnbuckles but hardy showed them outside outside hardy walked uh, the barricade but rvd sent him to the crowd this is like the first time that i saw somebody counter that move keep that in mind oh yeah after a moonsault from the barricade hardy was placed over the barricade and rvd performed the spinning heel kick off the able, which you've seen before, right in WWF. Right. Again, I thought even again back when I was a kid, seeing someone do that type of shit was fucking amazing, awesome, cool. Hardy fought back with a sunset flip, a power bomb from the apron. He took out a ladder and he climbed it. Right, he climbed the ladder. And keep this in mind, it looks like he's about to like literally jump off the top of the ladder. And RVD gets in the ring. And he's tipping the ladder. At that, again, like, yo, you think about it, right? That spot could have gone so wrong in so many ways. Yep. Granted, in today's WWE, a spot like that would not fly. Yeah. Fuck that, bro. A spot like that would not fly. But back then, holy shit. Fucking awesome. And the crowd was into this. The crowd was into this shit. Mm -hmm. Um, and Hardy falls from the top of the ladder onto the ground. Uh, he lands on his he lands feet first, but falls. Uh, 
they grab the chair, right? They, he grabs the chair and they're brawling, whatever. And it looks like Harley about to whack Rob Van Dam with the steel chair. The Van Dam hits the Van Daminator. Which was my favorite part. Mine too. And Hardy falls off the stage. That's like one of the moments you, you always remember, right? And back in the ring, um, RVD performed a chair surf, right? And attempted a split-legged moonsault, but Hardy blocked with both knees. Hardy followed with the DDT, a German suplex, and a, a set-out jawbreaker. Later, RVD avoided a swanton bomb, placed the title belt on Hardy, on a hardy and performed a five-star flock lash onto onto the title and rob van dam pinned jeff hardy to win the hardcore title when i was a kid this was amazing as i'm 30 as i'm almost 30 this was the match of the night in my opinion hands fucking down mike your thoughts yeah um 100 agree with you um, I thought that, and you know, if I was 11 back then, I thought that this would be match of the night, and it was. Both guys tore the house down. Um, like I said, the Van Daminator uh, on to Jeff Hardy, and he jumps off the stage. Perfect. Uh, enjoyed the match as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I said before, you know, there was some stars that came out of the alliance. You Booker T uh, and Rob Van Dam to me. And he had DDP as well. You had Chuck Palumbo, two that they did with him. Uh, Sean O'Hare, may he rest in peace. But I think, again, the standouts to me were Booker T and Rob Van Dam out of the whole thing. Yep. From there, we get to a match that when I was a kid, ooh, right? As I'm older now, I'll, I know a lot of the PG pussified wrestling fans would hate on right uh, especially yeah. like again because like, you think about it right wrestling fans today and not everyone but a good majority have turned into fucking pussies would yeah. you agree with that mike 100 agree a lot of these fans today i swear to god if i see these fuckers on a show i would smack the fuck out of them i literally would right this whole wussy, sissified wrestling fan base that I'm seeing today. I hate it. I, I just fucking hate it, okay? But that's beside the point. If they watch this match, oh my god, they would shit. Oh, it's not right. It's a disgrace to women's wrestling. It's an embarrassment. Fuck off. Just fuck off, alright? Just fuck off. We had a brawn panties match. A tag team brawn panties match. Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler from WCW versus Trish Stratus and Lita. Yeah, Mick Foley as the special guest referee. Even this match, Mike, had a video package. I mean, it was, yeah. I, I, I mean. <laughs> Even this match had a video package, Mike. I mean, I would want it to have a video package. I wanted to see as much of these women as I could. <laughs> Sometimes I miss these days for those days. Exactly. Absolutely, Mike. And again, a lot of fans today would hate on this. Oh, this is a disgrace, embarrassing, and this and that. But listen, man, it is what it is. I, as a kid, I thought this was fun for obvious reasons. 
right. if you will. As I rewatch it back at 30, I can see where dorks would hate this shit. I can I get it. I understand. Fuck off. I even enjoyed it even now, like, because again, we don't see it no more. Right. Everyone now is a competitor, is work rate, if you will. So there's that. Is <laughs> that. Um, yeah, like I mentioned, the women had a fucking video package too. That was weird. Um, the match started with Lita and Stratus uh, taking down Keebler. And, and by the way, my best question who had the better bodies? Oh man, don't make me choose. Back, if I had to ask, put you on the spot right now, who had the better bodies? Come on. Out of the teams? Yes. Oh man, don't make me choose. Oh man, I mean, if you were, if I was to do individually, okay, and, rank, and rank them and rank them, Tori Wilson would be number one. State, uh, not, uh, uh, Trish Stratus, number two, number two. Lito would be number three, and uh, Stacey Key would be number four. I would probably have the same way too. Honestly, I, honestly though, I would probably switch. I'll probably have Tori number one because Tori back then was fucking amazing. It was beautiful. She, yeah, she was. Oof. She was. And, and, and if you watch, if you watch her on SmackDown later on, right? She was like the face of the women's SmackDown, the women's division on SmackDown. Yeah, if not the dang company because she did a lot of those uh, Playboy, Playboy stuff. Yeah. So you had again to meet Tori Wilson number one. Number two, I would have Trish Stratus. Number three, Stacey Keebler. Number four, Lita. That's me. I just got you. I got Lita over uh, Stacey Keebler. Can you imagine? Yo, before, yo, bro, can you imagine? Lita got them enhancements. Can you imagine, bro, if Tori Wilson had an OnlyFans, bro? <laughs> back then. Can you imagine Stacey Keebler back in the day with the OnlyFans? Holy shit, bro. Yeah, I think nobody wouldn't allow her to do that because didn't somebody talk her out of doing Playboy? I don't know, but listen, man. Shit in today's wrestling, bro. I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway, I know. Well, how dare you talk about that? So degrading. Fuck off. Okay, just fuck off. The match started with Lita and Stratus um, taking down Keebler and Wilson. Wilson drop kicked Stratus back and kicked her into the corner. Uh, Stratus fought back with the clothesline and attempted to remove Wilson's shirt. After a suplex, Keebler stopped her. And attempted a double team, but Stratus performed a double clothesline. Lita tagged in, knocked Wilson off the apron, and removed Keebler's shirt. And pulling her after shirt after pulling her in, Keebler went outside of the ring, and Lita chased after her. Uh, this allowed Wilson to stomp on Lita, and Keebler removed her shirt. Basically, Lita's shirt. Lita fought back with a snapmare and attempted a diving crossbody. Wilson and Stratus tagged in and performed a clothesline. Wilson fought back and pulled Stratus up while stepping on her, on her hair, that is, right? She pulled down her top, but Stratus performed a roll-up and removed Wilson's pants. And Lita and Stratus performed a poetry in motion with Lita performing an aided clothesline to Wilson before removing Wilson's shirt. Stratus performed a Bulldog Keebler and Lita performed a Lita Assault. Um, they removed Keebler's pants to win the match. Listen, this was just a gimmick. Who we'll go be in the yeah. fucking brawn panties? The, the real winners here with the fans. God damn. <laughs> yeah. 
Every horny male fan that was in attendance that night. And fucking 11-year-old me. Goddamn. <laughs> Just saying. Goddamn. 11-year-old me? Oh, my God, yo. Yeah. Just shoot seven-year-old me. Okay, one thing, too. If you notice as well, bro, back in the day, a lot of these wrestlers had their own websites. Yeah. On the page. Like, if you notice that they're on their, on when they came out, their name and then their website and show oh crap that's crazy but this is before twitter and shit right so there's that from there we get to the main event <laughs> the the inaugural brawl notice qualification 10 man tag team match we had booker t diamond dallas page the Dudley boys and rhino that represented team wcw and ecw stone cold steve austin kurt angle the undertaker and kane Chris Jericho, the, that were Team WWF. You had literally every owner at fucking ringside for this match. This match was all over the place, Mike. It was all over the place. So, to build up to this match, right? Vince McMahon wanted the old Stone Cold Steve Austin back. Not the hugging, not the guitar playing... Stone Cold, he wanted the, the Texas rattlesnake, the beer drink, and SOB. They didn't give a shit, right? Right. And you see Steve Austin walking away on SmackDown. He's at a bar. And like, I, I enjoyed the build. The video package to the match, I enjoyed. So you had this back and forth of, I guess, Shane talking to the guys of the Alliance, how there's no tomorrow. It's all about today, this and that. And you had... You had we had Bradshaw and I think Taker talking to Team WWF, and then it led to Freddie Blassie, classy Freddie Blassie, who he stood up and he spoke to to the whole locker room to rally the troops, if you will. And you see Austin playing pool, and you see him listening, I guess, right, and that motivated him to go back and I guess fight off the Alliance and shit. So the old right. Stone Cold was back. And again, you see McMahon trying to talk to Steve Austin, but again, he was there to kick ass, basically, right? Right. And what I liked about this match, too, you saw a serious side of Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, at this point, was comedic. He was serious at times, but you saw like a serious side, like badass Kurt Angle, if you will. The Kurt Angle you didn't want to fuck with. That what we saw here, right? So, <laughs> uh, The Undertaker... Right, uh, attacked Page during his entrance, and all wrestlers they all fought ringside. The match began right with Team WWE having the advantage as Austin dominated Rhino. Team WCW ECW gave the advantage after Page performed a hangman to the uh, not literally a Patrick Page performed a hangman to the Undertaker. Oh my! <laughs> oh my! Uh, Kurt Whiskey was involved too. Team WCW ECW dominated the Undertaker until until he performed a DDT. Team WWF kept the advantage until Booker T uh, performed a flapjack to Jericho to help with help from Devon. Uh, Jericho fought back, uh, knocking down the Dudley Boys and tagged in Kurt Angle. Angle fought the Dudley Boys until Bubba performed the Bubba Bomb. Angle was dominated by Team WCW. ECW until Undertaker came in illegally and attacked Page. As wrestlers entered the ring and fought the Undertaker 
fought with Paige, and after performing a chokeslam, they fought into the crowd. Austin was down holding holding his knee. By the way, he's holding his knee um, as Booker and Angle were lying in the ring outside. Kane was double teamed by the Dudley Boys. Kane eventually fought back and performed a chokeslam to Devon through the announce table. And Bubba Ray and Rhino then sent Kane through the other announcer table. Yes, right. The Spanish announce table with a double suplex. Jericho sent Rhino through the table, which was literally on the outside. It was literally just like connected to like the barricade, just like leading to the side and shit. Right? Uh with a shoulder block, right? In the ring, Bubba Ray and Booker T double teamed Angle until Angle fought back and performed a German suplex to Booker and an Angle slammed to Bubba Ray Dudley. Angle attempted to apply the ankle lock on Booker T, but Booker kicked kicked him into the referee. Booker then performed a flapjack, and all three were down. Vince McMahon, who was at ringside, grabbed the WWE Championship belt and attempted to throw it to Angle since Shane took it and hit Vince with it. Shane failed to hit Angle, and Angle threw both Shane and Bubba out of the ring. Angle performed the angle slam to Booker and applied the ankle lock. After sending the referee back, after Austin, right? Sent the referee back into the ring. And he literally stole cold stunner Kurt Angle. So he turned on the alliance. And Booker T, with help of Austin, pins Kurt Angle to win the match for the alliance. And what I loved about this whole thing. Jim Ross's reaction on commentary, yeah. how shocked he was. He couldn't believe it. This is unbelievable. I loved it. Fucking awesome. Yeah. I miss shit like that. That's the Jim Ross that I remember, if you will. Right. Not the lost, out of touch that you see in AEW. But that's around the point. So with this... The WWE Championship went to the Alliance. And you see Austin celebrating with Shane, Stephanie, and Paul Heyman as they close the show. Mike, your thoughts on the match, Austin turning on Team WWF, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, the, the beginning of the match when Stone Cold came out and went straight for Rhino. I don't know if he had some heat with Rhino, but he friggin' <laughs> he destroyed Rhino onto the steps twice, and the second one was brutal. But uh, that's just a little small thing. But outside of that, the match was you know it was a cluster, and um, that's why I say you know what was the whole point of this because he still had Stone Cold, you know, still being a heel. Yes. Absolutely. So that was Invasion 2001. Again, this was the build-up to the summer of 01. Again, we're going to see WWE versus the Alliance and all that stuff. And again, at the time, I was just in shock. Like, holy crap. This is crazy. Yeah. Right? Uh, after the pay-per-view, the whole storyline continued, right? The following night on Raw's War, Steve Austin explained his decision. His explained his defection was because he felt unappreciated. WCW, ECW were 
now referred as the Alliance, had the momentum holding the WWE Championship, the WWF Intercontinental Championship, and the Hardcore Championship, in addition to all WCW titles. The feud, the feud soon uh, centered around the return of The Rock, which and which team he would join. Both Vince and Shane attempted to persuade The Rock to join in their team. Rock remained with the WWF and engaged into a feud with Booker T over the WCW Championship. Austin would begin a feud with Kurt Angle over the WWE Championship and after the events at Invasion. Now, what I liked about all this too, okay, we, like I mentioned earlier, we saw a side of Kurt Angle that was serious, chasing for the WWE title, right? SummerSlam, he comes close, but no cigar, disqualification. He goes to his hometown of Unforgiven in Pittsburgh with a damaged neck, and he wins the WWF title. The Rock fused with Booker T. Uh, granted, uh, depending who you talk to, when The Rock said, who, that, who in the blue hell are you? Depending who you talk to, it kind of ruined Booker T in a way. Because he was a dude. Right. But again, I, as a kid, enjoyed all of this. Granted, as I'm older now, and I realize what the fuck really happened, a lot of things were missing. Again, we mentioned this earlier. A lot of the top names from WCW that should have been here, but they were not. So in a way, this whole invasion was a fail. A fucking fail. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know what I mean? Could have been better? Absolutely. Absolutely. But something that never came to be. Mike, your thoughts on the show overall before we wrap this up, man? Put a bow on this. Um, yeah, like we said before, you know, just a few months later, they would have, you know, Flair, NWO, um, all those guys come in. If they just would have waited and not just do it immediately with a bunch of the, with a bunch of the jabronis uh, of WCW, then we could have probably had something better. But nope, exactly. And we asked you guys, your thoughts overall on Invasion 01, what was your memories of it and all that stuff. Let us know on social media, right? Whether it be on Twitter, at Steven or on Twitter. Big Mike, where can they follow you on Twitter, bro? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Big Mike's WRS on Twitter. There you go. Let us know your thoughts. Use the hashtag, the throwback, and all that fun stuff. Uh, to wrap up for us, though, again, Invasion 01 is over with. A good memory lane of my childhood, if you will. And all that stuff. And again, next week we go into New Blood Rising. God help us all. God help us all. That being said, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at HeelSteven. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. You can check out the throwback on all the podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and so many more places. And again, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back this Sunday for a live edition of Around the Point as we review Backlash. Will it really be the greatest wrestling match of all time? Well, we shall see. Big Mike, let them know where, where can they check you out, man? Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Instagram because you just heard my Twitter. So you can follow me on Instagram at Big Mike's Wrestling Recap Show and subscribe to me on YouTube at Big Mike's Wrestling Recap Show. You doing the whole gram now, bro? You on the gram? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, man. 
right, all right, all right. With that being said, guys, this has been yet another episode of The Thrill Bath. Take care, y'all.